sake. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Praddy, and this is episode 28. And what have we got in store for you today? Well, we're going to be talking about the upcoming El Clasico match, which, believe it or not, is actually going to happen in another another three hours from when we record. Hopefully, I, I get the episode uploaded by then. I should be. To joining me on this podcast, I've got a Real Madrid supporter. I tried a Barcelona support to kind of add a into the yan, but unfortunately, they all kind of scuttled away. Uh, I don't think that they are also in a position right now to, you know, be boastful as much as they'd like to. Uh, but <laughs> nonetheless, I'll ask him to give you give you a brief introduction of, you know. Where who he is, where he's from, and everything. But if you've listened to our previous podcast, you'd obviously know of him. Uh, so, Janet, why don't you give our guests a brief introduction? What it do, baby? Of course, man. Uh, Keep it like simple and short. Uh, huge, Real Madrid, uh, huge Real Madrid supporter since uh, 2003. I've uh, been uh, following it since ever since the Galactico era. It always caught my eye. And that's what really, like, you know, pushed me into football, supporting this team, supporting the game, everything. Everything I love about football is because of Real Madrid, obviously. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the shortest I can actually do this for, for this part. Yeah, yeah. So, Perfect. glad to be here and, again. And as, as I recall, when you first came on to the podcast, you mentioned that your brother is a Barcelona supporter. You yes. Think fi- there will be fireworks home. Uh, come to, tonight or midnight or oh oh definitely yeah definitely I mean I'm gonna be watching the game upstairs and he's gonna be watching the game downstairs so you know so that we don't clash during because uh, in the middle of the game because before you know we used to like sit together and watch the game but we would like just end up arguing throughout the whole ninety minutes rather than actually just sitting and focusing and watching like we just focus on the game five minutes. And suddenly a foul comes, and we're like we're just like arguing about it for like ten minutes. How it's a professional foul, but no, it's a it's a cheap foul. Like you know, it's, it'll go on like that. It always brought out the worst end. So that's why we've decided to separate ourselves, so then we can just come uh, come back to the middle and speak after the game. So that's what we do now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that, yeah. was that actually your decision, or was that a decision made up? It was. <laughs> it was it was a mix of both. It was just like my mom saying, "Like, stop screaming in the middle of the night. What are you guys doing?" So yeah, <laughs> like you know, yeah. and it it was a mix of that and a mutual agreement between us saying, "Okay, you know what? Let's just leave it for after the game." Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've actually had I've actually had like conversations like that happen, but unfortunately, not like with a sibling. Unfortunately, it's me with, with like the ref in the match or something like that, screaming <laughs> at my laptop. It's yeah. like, why? And I yeah. think at one point, I think at one point, I think it was a 2013-14 season or something, and I got really pissed off, and I started screaming and hitting like the like the bed bed and all that the wood, and it was a oh wooden bed. So if I hit it hard, it would like really hurt. But I was like yeah. really, really angry, and then like yeah. I remember, <laughs> and I was at my aunt's place, and she actually came into the room and closed the door. Oh my god! <laughs> I was, I was oh actually alone god. in that room. She actually came from her room to close the door, and it was like you do your stuff alone. Yeah, you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna be like living life out here. Yeah, you yeah. be you. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it, man. That's the beauty of this game, yeah. man. It really brings out the adrenaline in you, and you know, you never realize. <laughs> yeah. Like, before watching football, I'd actually I'm watching a lot of cricket, but I don't think I've ever been as 
you know like emotional about a game uh right it's, i i've had to tone it down slightly because i think it was like a, it stre- the stress is a lot on your body like the amount of you know emotions that go through in match and especially if it was a roller coaster like that 2013 14 season with liverpool like scoring goals and then let uh, fun it's like no damn it But, yeah, I I I can relate, man. As a Madrid fan, winning three Champions League in a row. Yeah, I mean, the way I used to celebrate before was like not as, you know, it's not as crazy as what I can celebrate now. As you get older, you can't really kick the bed anymore and all these things. You just gotta <laughs> yeah. like, okay, you just gotta like hop around like three, four, like for like at least good two minutes, and then you're like sit down and realize, oh god, I don't have the energy for this shit anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's it's. I've come to the realization like I can't do anything about it right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, like yeah. if it happens, it you get you went it out a bit, but then you're like you calm down. Earlier, I would go like full massive meltdown, like like yeah. you know the AFTV United Stand TV rant. I would be like angry <laughs> rant man without the video yeah. camera. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even I was like that a lot. Like back in the day, I remember like early days sometimes. I couldn't like watch the games at night because like I used to have like a bedtime and shit. My parents forced it on me, so I couldn't watch. And usually, all the La Liga games would happen like after like eleven and all that. So what I would do is I just like like go to sleep, like try to put myself to sleep, and then wake up like you know like I hope like I hope it's morning like next second and all that. And then eventually, when I wake up in the morning, I just like go and rush to the like you know the sports page and on the newspapers and shit, like especially golf news and shit. So like I used to just open it just like just to see the results because these guys would post it right. So like every time like Madrid would win or lose, I'd be like there'd be obviously two different emotions. Like one, we won. I was like yes, he has. Like you know the whole morning, I'd be like going crazy and shit. And then when whenever we lose, I'll be like, "This is nonsense, bullshit!" Like my whole mood that day is like over. Like it's been ruined. Like there's nothing, like you know, that can fix it. Like that whole yeah. day is ruined for me. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I've ever had anything ruin my mood as much as a bad football result. And it still happens. Like if we lose yeah. or something, and we lost, like yesterday, and it really, All really right. irritates me. <laughs> But I mean, like yeah. night games are the worst because, like. especially the late night ones because i'd wake yeah. up early in the morning to watch them and then the mm-hmm. moment i watch it and we lose that entire night is that sleep is gone because your whole yeah. you the whole night kind of like oh no why did this happen oh no what's going to happen now exactly like, yeah that's, that's even exactly you overanalyze uh, overanalyze everything and you just can't even sleep anymore it's like yeah, i've i've had difficulty like that i've had just difficulty sleeping like that Like so many old classical games, to be honest. So many old classical games. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's the point of this whole thing. El Clasico, right? Exactly. What's the topic? Exactly. About? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both teams are heading into this match under the best of forms, but surprisingly, both teams are at the top of the table. I think Madrid are a couple of points behind, or a point behind. Uh, two points behind, I think. Two. I think we're two points, points behind. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. draw recently uh the loss we lost yeah. against levante and you know this yeah yeah we lost against levante yeah. and yeah these guys leave for it is two points just to, like just to clarify once again it is two points so yeah because and of our so, loss to levante that's why I, these guys are and so what how do you perceive this upcoming clasico do you see this as being you know an important match given that i don't think any of the other teams are also as consistent to give Barcelona and Real Madrid are scared in for title challenge. I don't think even Atletico Madrid this time are in any right. great position over there. So, 
do you think as a neutral watching this i feel that you know out of the many classicos that's happened in the past it's always been about messi and ronaldo but for once mm-hmm. i kind of given ronaldo's no longer in madrid it's now a match which i see as you know a battle for that number one position you know, yeah, well, yeah, yeah 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 well exactly what you're trying to say is it's come back to being like between barcelona and Real Madrid. That's how it's like categorized now. Now it's no more the era of like you know Messi versus Ronaldo. It's just Barcelona versus Real Madrid now because everyone everyone notices. Okay, Messi is not getting any younger. He's getting older, and now everyone are trying to look. I guess you know to the to the other players now, and I think that's fair enough also as well. And it's like you said earlier, like both these teams going in, they've not been in the best of like you know they they look equal right now. None of the, like uh, but. You know, uh, they, yeah, they look pretty much, you know, evenly matched, you could say, uh, injury-wise, performance-wise. Performance-wise, okay, maybe here or there, like, you know, with where they lack in defense, we also kind of, like, you know, lack in attack that way. So, it's pretty much, like, even of sorts, in a way. So, I have, I did write down a little bit of stats over here. I just like to, like, speak out about this because I really, like, put an effort into this part today. So, <laughs> so... It's it's so so. What Barca has scored more goals than Madrid, Real Madrid concede much less. Like you know, so uh, uh, sorry, yeah, scored more goals than Madrid, two point four eight goals per game to one point eight four, and Madrid concede much less, point six eight goals per game to one point one six, and yeah, so that's one stat. And then obviously, top goal scorer and pass of the competition, Lionel Messi. While Cruz is second behind Benzema for Real Madrid when it comes to scoring goals and giving assists. So, that's another one there. And then between Courtois and Ter Stegen, obviously, Courtois has conceded only 14 goals compared to Ter Stegen's 27 goals this season. So, Real Madrid have obviously been making three sa- uh, three more saves for every goal uh, Ter Stegen's, uh, you know, concedes. So, yeah. So, that is like one... Stat. Those are the stats. Pretty much the only stats going into this game this season. And obviously, look, like my cause for concern for Real Madrid is coming from Benzema. He hasn't scored in the last three games actually for us, and it's really been like a mix of Casemiro, Jovic, or you know whoever, like you know etc. etc. Coming in and scoring goals. Even Cruz, yeah, even Cruz. But at least for Barcelona, Messi is in, uh, Messi is in good form. You know he's scored like an amazing four goals. Just the previous game, so you know that is like the brilliance and you know of uh, this guy. So that that's what we're gonna have to be facing against, like you know, coming into this game in another two three hours. So obviously, like if I was a neutral fan, neutral fan of the game itself, football game, it could go anywhere. Like you know, it could be like the okay, maybe this this way tonight it's Barcelona's night. Like, it could just happen. It could just be Barcelona's night and they could win. Maybe, like, a goal or two, like, Griezmann performs or something like that. But it could even go Madrid's way. Like, someone, like, unexpectedly, like, maybe Sergio Ramos scores or, you know, Vinicius Vinicius, uh, Jr. has, like, a pretty good, decent game. And then, like, somehow Benzema finally scores today for us. It could go either way. Uh, Really, the lineups haven't really come out yet. So, it's kind of, like, difficult to see what... You know what, what's going to go on because I think even now uh, PK's PK and Busquets are not playing this game also as well. Am I? Am I, oh, uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sure. But I mean, 
Piqué not playing might be a boon for Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, because he's suspended or something. From what I know, he accumulated too many yellow cards or something, and that's why he's been suspended for this game or something. And Busquets is like a form or something, and that's why they're not really playing him. I'm not sure exactly, but I do know that Piqué is not going to be playing this game tonight. Uh, yeah. And uh, pretty much, uh, yeah, as, I, I, as actually, PK. Sorry, but PK uh, has an ankle injury apparently, which he could be doubtful for tonight. Ah, uh, yes, he has an ankle injury. Uh, Jordi Alba's out. Sergio Roberto is out. Obviously, they don't have Suarez and they don't have Dembele. I mean, is that really a difference? Like, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. But for us, we don't have Eden Hazard. He's out for the rest of the season. So that's like really upsetting news for us again. You know, we had high hopes in such a player because you know, in in these kind of games, this is what Hazard is good for. Hazard has always been a big game player, and he, he might have not shown it like you know in the other games. But when it comes to a big game, he's like, would I like you know, would I make a choice between either playing starting Vinicius Junior or Hazard? I'll just choose Hazard any day, even though Vinicius Junior has has been playing consistently good. Here and there, you know, the passing, everything goes through him. If you notice, if if you uh, watch a couple of Real Madrid games, he's been doing that. Even against the City loss, it was like all the passing was going through him. Uh, but obviously, the difference maker—he's not a—he's not much of a difference maker, you know. So the real player who would have really helped us in tonight's game would have been Eden Hazard. But sadly, you know, it's not meant to be. So, but e- either way. Like you know, Barcelona don't have Luis Suarez, who I'm really happy about. Like you know, not having. Him. I know. Like, I, I, <laughs> the past past El Clasicos have always like he's always scored at if not more than one goal, but he's always been a thorn in Real Madrid's side ever since. Yeah, he, he's been like he's been like a really like you know irritating character for us. So like I'm just really excited that he's now playing this game tonight. And it says that we have to deal with Messi, and we just gotta like really lock down Messi. Griezmann, I think he just locks himself out. Like you know, so we don't really have to pay too much attention. It's just really we have to just focus. We have only one player in mind who we have to be worried about, and it's Messi. So yeah, and uh, like uh, like I was saying, uh, uh, so I think Busquets uh, is the guy who's been suspended. That's why I don't think he can play tonight's game. I think it's Busquets who can't play tonight. Yeah. So uh, no, but it's funny because you mentioned you know it could go either way, but the way that you mentioned the you know how seasons panned out for both teams in terms of and you threw out some really interesting stats with when it comes to attack and Barcelona's attack and versus uh, you, you know uh, their defense and the same with Real Madrid it, it kind of I mean it kind of indicates that tonight might be like a stalemate in it's Barcelona's potent attack versus Real Madrid's potent defense so that might nullify mm-hmm. each other and yeah. Barcelona's weak Weakness in defense versus Real Madrid's, you know, uh, yeah, lack of creativity up front. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, not lack of creativity. I would say lack of finishing because that's what's been, you know, really the problem with us in the last three games. Because we've not really finished well and we've not shown a sign of improving our finishes. We're just like getting signs of okay, getting maybe you know, like really lucky chances and trying to capital capitalize on it, like how Isco did against City. So that's what you know we're gonna like. Go in, and I hope that's not our actual tactic. But if that happens, then I can see us scoring a goal. But it's tonight; it has to be different. Like I'm hoping Zidane, 
like doesn't like start with Benzema this game. I think he should just take like you know take that leap of faith and start with Jovic and see some because Jovic has been a good player for us, and I think he deserves a start. Maybe it's a little too early to start him in such a big game where Benzema has also been a good like scorer in in an El Clasico for us as well. But I hope like this is the game that either revitalizes Benzema. Or Zidane makes a decision of you know trying something new out tonight because he knows the kind of Barcelona team we're playing up against and it's not a full team, so there could be chances you know to switch around and try something new also tonight's game. Yeah, and with when it comes to Benzema, you know you said he didn't score for three games and you know it, he's going through like a barren run and you obviously have the only way you're getting goals right now is from the midfield and you know the wingers and that's how a team should actually work. In which case, like, if the striker isn't performing, but I think Real Madrid fans are so used to seeing their front three be so potent in attack, whether it be Ronaldo, Benzema, Bale, or right. if not Bale, but whoever played on the right wing would be so prolific in attack that you know it. It didn't matter whether Cruz, Modric, Casemiro didn't score too many because the front three always had. And I think uh, I had I saw an interview with Arsene Wenger, and he like totally you know. Mm-hmm. Perfectly summarized what's going on. In which case, he said, Madrid have scored. You know, I used to score at least some hundred odd goals before Ronaldo left in yeah. a season. Whereas mm-hmm. after Ronaldo left, the number I think in last season was only sixty five, and I think this season's only been sixty or so. And yeah. so, you know, that extra forty goals is what you're missing from, and that is. Because of one player, yeah, exactly. And, it, it was a, it was a stat. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I it's not just Arsene Wenger who said that. It's like the second Ronaldo left, it's, it was evident. Like this, the first I think comment I ever read was, "We're gonna lose fifty goals this season." That's <laughs> it's still there in my mind. Like that, and it was fact. We we uh, we lost fifty goals a season. That's like a. It's not a small number to lose. Okay, it's like like you were saying, we had a hundred goal season every season with Ronaldo. But obviously, losing fifty goals is a huge, huge deal for us. And to like you know try to yeah reemanate that is difficult. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But you look at it and you see when Ronaldo used to score forty, fifty goals, you guys were so lackadaisical, kind of defensively vulnerable at so many games or at so many times. So it didn't yeah. matter that you conceded two or three because you knew you were going to score three or four going forward. Yeah, our game was always to outscore the opponent. That that's what exactly. our real game so was. Yeah. I I so score, missing out on the fifty goals might not be such a an issue going forward because the only team or the only person who who can come close to that is Lionel Messi, and like you said, he's getting older. And so, mm-hmm. if you remove him from there, I think every the whole hundred hundred goals or odd goals, which used to be the norm, falls now back to where football used to be, which is at the sixty seventy level. You know, yeah. Barcelona simply unearth a gem in another Lionel Messi, and he starts scoring fifty odd goals. But you know, unless like an Mbappe or Neymar comes in, who you know you are guaranteed so many x number of goals. I think right. scoring sixty five seventy. Will be okay, and I think Real Madrid are a step ahead because their defense is much more sorted out than Barcelona's. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, I can agree. The, the reason why we're seeing Barcelona's attack, you know, be potent is because they have had to score more because they are susceptible in defense. 
Uh, yeah. Yes, the odd game they they've got a clean sheet and Messi scored four. That's always happens, but more often than not, you can see them be one. Like like the Inter game, oh, no, not the Inter game. Who did they Napoli game that they played recently? Yeah, you know, they were mm. a goal down and they had to, and they're also ten men down and they had to kind of rely on a goal from I think Griezmann or someone who scored. Yeah, Griezmann would get them out. Them. Yeah. So so it's mm. yeah so so the, yeah right now I think at least for season you are going to miss that 40-50 goals and you will miss 40-50 goals until such a time Lionel Messi drops his levels. But Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. the way Real Madrid are shaping up which is buying young talent and looking for the future might just bode well for them in the future given that you know this may not be the norm anymore scoring 100 odd goals that it'll all go back to 60-70 goals and in which case yeah Benzema might not have to score on a regular basis he can have a barren three game period and you can still have the others around him score. And I'll give you this example because at Liverpool I see the mm-hmm. same. You'll have one day a headline going Firmino's not scored for seven day, seven matches. And then right. another headline going Mane's not scored for six matches. But if Firmino doesn't score, Mane and Salah scoring. If Mane doesn't score, then Firmino and uh, Salah, Salah scoring. So, yeah, you, so it as goes, long as you have right. yeah, as long as many people around you scoring, then I don't see that as an issue. And as you mentioned, like uh, Valverde scoring and maybe Hazard will come through next year. I've always said this year you have to write off Hazard because he always goes through this cyclical thing of one year performing, one year not. So last year he performed, this year not. Next year he'll perform. Yeah. But, next year, uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he goes that way. I'm just yeah. hoping for that. But, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But that, that's what I feel uh, going into this. And do you, I mean, would you agree with this? I mean, you're exactly right. Like how you said it from the start that Real Madrid are investing a lot in the youth. And obviously, the foot, footballing, uh, foot, especially the league, is going to go back to a, a certain norm where, you know, scoring more than 100 goals is going to be like a thing of the past once Messi, you know, finally transitions after Barcelona. So, obviously, Madrid have already started like, you know, building the blocks, like by investing in the youth. And they've already like, and it's been showing. We've been, we have a fantastic uh, player in midfield, Federico Valverde. So and then Asensio, once he finally comes uh, comes out of his injury, also he's another bright talent for us. Vinicius Junior is there, Rodrigo. Then we recently signed uh, this thing, uh, Reiner from uh, this thing, uh, the Brazilian uh, Brazilian club as well. He's also another one for the future as well. And uh, yeah, uh, then of course even Eda Milatio, then Ferland Mendy. All these guys are like you know are building blocks for the next, you know, two, three seasons to, like, really come up with a solid team, of course, yeah. But I'm just talking about the problems now we're facing. Like, you know, now, obviously, we're not there yet. But whatever team we have with us right now is, like, obviously, a mix, a combination of Cruz and Casemiro, Modric, Isco, and, you know, uh, Bale, who we, sadly, obviously, you know, uh, no, I would, I'm not going to even talk about Bale. I'm just going to talk about Lucas Vasquez and Benzema. So, these are the guys who we have right now with us. In our in our front line, you know, in the midfield and the attack, and these are guys who we have to depend on. So I'm just going to bring currently talk about these guys right now for today's game and also for the rest of the season because the other guys I'm not going to like really bring them into the spotlight because these guys are for the future, and I'm not expecting too much right now. I don't want to like you know unnecessarily like talk about like putting pressure on these guys. I don't want any of that to happen. I just want them to play their uh, play their best, uh, contribute their best for the. For the teams, and obviously be excited by what they can contribute, you know, in the coming seasons. So that's like you know, uh, like one topic, you know, we're definitely going to talk about, like maybe like the start of next season or something. But for now, currently in the present, these are the guys who I have to 
talk about who have to because these are the guys who are going to like you know define the our and uh, define our season till uh, till the end till may so how these guys need to play around how zidane needs to like utilize these guys like you know try to bring out like you know the best of contributions these guys can give us because these guys are not like young they're old modric cruz benzema casemiro these guys are the most experienced players in real madrid so now obviously it's like you know you're just trying to like uh, see once upon a time obviously these guys were like the same they're like you know they were pretty they were younger they were more like you know contributing goals they were doing everything they they did everything for for the team and we have three champions leagues to prove it you know because of these guys uh, these guys alone now it's what zidane is trying to do he's like trying to like you know extract every you know last piece of gem he can from these guys one more time before you know this this season gets over and then zidane can really like start next season with the younger with the younger talent so i don't know how he's like you know trying to extract it how he's trying to utilize like trying to do uh, trying to do what he wants to do with these guys and how these guys are like you know reacting to it but all i can say is i'm just trying to be like you know a little more optimistic on these guys like trying to like help us give a give us a strong finish for the end of the season obviously like try to win the title this season because it's possible also as well barcelona are in the top of form uh, top form as well they they're struggling with injuries they're struggling with tactics they're struggling with you know a new manager who's just come in everything and messi also was like flirting with the idea. and they are also having a lot of club level problems and messi flirting with the idea that okay maybe could this could be it this could be my last season or like next season could be my last season here and there but still messi is messi is a brilliant player he's still doing his job but the re- it's like it's not just a one man team it's like everyone else is still around and they're still finding it like you know they're finding it like you know like they they have their own issues also trying to play with each other griezmann doesn't really know where he's supposed to play and all these other things so in light of their turmoil real madrid have a decent chance to like you know uh exploit it and try to like hope obviously win the league with this exploitation I, i'm sorry it sounds sounds mean but it's what it is <laughs> so you know I mean, it, so. it it is i mean you wouldn't sound you wouldn't make sense otherwise you have to ex- or take chance take your opportunities yeah. or of and we're seeing it even in the premier league when if one team falters you know the others aren't taking the opportunities and at the end of the mm. day who's that benefit it's not benefiting yourself so yeah, i mean they're the real losers chances. then if they didn't if they didn't do it they're the real losers exactly. if they had a really good chance and to win but still they don't want to win i mean then what's the point are you, are you a team with a winning mentality no definitely is the but, case then yeah but spoke about you know extracting every little ounce of effort and gems from from the likes of modric guys who are getting older Uh, do you think that that's why you know Zidane's being a little more tactical in his approach because earlier on he didn't have to be so you know tactically nows where he he just send out his best 11 and they'd win matches by themselves because they had the you know match winner and Ronaldo they had the hard work and Benzema you know he, they had Modric and Cruz the engines Casemiro the tackler yeah. Rama they had he had all the players and the prime and he could just send them out and they'd do their stuff but now exactly. he has to be a little more cautious a little more tactical about how he sends his players where he pa- plays them and all of that so do you think that is primarily one of the reasons why we're seeing a different zidane this season 
Yeah, of course. Because see, if you don't change, you're going to be like, you know, every every team in La Liga and whatever, and even in Europe, have figured out Madrid's, uh, Madrid's style of play. And of course, if you're going to keep playing the same style, uh, these teams who already know the way you play, they're going to just like, you, you know, utilize it against you. They're going to use it against you. And you're not going to definitely win games. So everyone knows how like, you know, Modric and Cruz play together and with Casemiro and how Benz- where Benzema moves here and there. So that's what even Zidane has realized that, okay, you know what? I can't do what I used to do with these guys. What I got to do now is I got to like change up things. I got to make, ben- instead of Benzema move left, I got to make him move right. Instead of like, you know, playing Cruz and Modric all together, I'm just going to put Modric on the bench and I'm going to start Cruz, Valverde and Casemiro. Or sometimes I'm just going to put Cruz on the bench and start Modric, Casemiro, Valverde. You know what I mean. So it's so that's what he's trying to like, you know, confuse the other time, other team, like saying, okay, you know what, this is not happening. This is like, you know, okay, this is these the same level, uh, same eleven is not coming up against this field, and we don't know how they're gonna play together. So I think that's what Zidane is trying to do. He's trying to like, you know, like change up things because, like I said, he doesn't want to like uh, everyone's figured out uh, figured out who we are. They figured out our style of play. Figured it out. Uh, everything we are and so it is necessary to change it is necessary to be different and it's necessary and why he's being different also is because he can't expect you know our newer players to be like our old players you got to do something new with the newer players because they're not gonna like you know try something like you know what what was working before it's not gonna obviously work today. It's it's something. It's a, it's like a Ferguson move. I feel even yeah. Ferguson had a culling every four years, and he would change up his tactic. He would change up his style, but he'd still uh, still keep a Fergie mentality. You know, so I think Zidane is trying to like do something the same way instead of like doing like. But like, of course, he's got his own own form of culling. But you know, but it's it's necessary. It's what a manager does. Even Klopp has done it. Even when he was in Borussia Dortmund, he. Uh, after leaving, he completely changed Liverpool. Like I feel like this is the most strongest team he's ever like you know put together since uh, taking over Borussia Dortmund. Like honestly, I used to watch a lot of uh, BVB games when he was in charge. You know that that Lewandowski, Mario Götze, Royce front three. Oh my God, it was too crazy. Even with uh, Sven Bender in the midfield, uh, in the midfield, and even a prime Nuri Sahin. All these guys, like even Ilkay Gundogan, all the all these guys were like fantastic back then. And you know, so it's. Uh, well, and now when I see Liverpool's team on the, on the clock, these guys like definitely beat them by like 100 points, like more than like 100 times better than what that team was. So it's necessary for every manager to, you know, try to do something new, experiment in something new. Because if you can't, you're just going to be Mourinho. You're just going to be trying to be do, uh, doing the same thing yeah. over and over again. And then, you know, expect a different outcome, which is stupid. Like, you know, so yeah. <laughs> the, the definition yeah. of insanity. You can't just keep like doing the same uh, thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. It's not. So what Zidane is doing is sensible. It's what a manager needs to do, and it's like you know what needs to be done for a club which is like transitioning to a newer age, with, to a newer uh, group of players. You know because all these guys are old now. Marge is not going to stay forever. Cruz is not going to stay. Casemiro is definitely going to get sent down. You know after I think a season or two or something. Benzema is now also like you know like your uh, Forming as as uh, he's not going to be like you know the, there for the future. He's not a player for the future, obviously. So what? Oh, so even Marcelo, Marcelo Ramos, you know, and uh, Danny Carvajal, all these guys are like you know just getting like they're becoming uh, they're becoming a little outdated for us. But it's it's what it is. It's football. At the end of the day, you need to like you know 
replace these players and get some new blood in to revitalize the club and revitalize the uh, you know the style of play the tactics everything i think what zidane is doing is right yeah agree with you on that now before we end today's podcast i want to ask you a quick prediction on what you think today's game or what will happen in today's game prediction or whatever you want to predict about today's okay game. okay yeah i'm just going to like i'm not going to say this like right out of my ass i'm just going to give i'm just going to give like a scoreline which i think could like could potentially happen and it could be a draw honestly it could be a draw but 1-1 and you know it's it's going to be like that and whoever scores is i feel like one person who could potentially score for barcelona is obviously of course i have to give like more to messi but i feel like messi's going to set up the goal tonight rather than score it or it could go both ways he could set it up or he could like score it either way or for madrid who to score i'm not really sure it could just be it could just be a score also tonight so let's see but i'm i'm looking at a draw tonight that's for sure and do you think this will have the ramifications for the season going forward or do you think this is just one other game there are many and you know earlier like i was mentioning in previous seasons everyone used to look at the el clasico game because madrid and barcelona so exactly because they were so strong that no other team could beat them but right now both teams aren't in the best of form that any other team could really you know beat them so later exactly. on exactly so to me this el clasico is not a defining this thing Defi- i mean it's a defining game in terms of points like whoever like wins will get one over the other like if barcelona wins they extend their lead over us and if we win we get back on top but obviously we'll be like you know just a point ahead of them again and it's still pretty close uh, after that as well and like like you were saying this this season it's not like we're unbeatable like you know neither us neither barcelona are unbeatable anyone in anyone in this league can have one over us in this season so it really it can go both ways like you know this is like not in terms of defining the season like outright champions this is not that game this is not that game anymore it's just more like who can get one over the other that's how it is to me yeah it's just simple i, I know it's just it's like you know el clasico is like the biggest game in the world and i'm just like talking about it, it's like uh, it's just like another game like, <laughs> <laughs> it's co- it's come to that i mean it's so sad but it is what it is you know <laughs> is there is there a, another Are you? This is at the Bernabeu. You you still have to play them at camp now, or did you already no, play? No, the, the, we already played them. This is the second El Clasico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first El Clasico was a draw at the camp now. So this is the one at the Bernabeu now. So at the Bernabeu, of course, I like to give my team the advantage. But you know, we were just like torn up at the Bernabeu just recently as well. So I don't, I don't know like yeah. how strong we are again. Like, but so but still like you know I I love for Madrid to win. Honestly, I love for Madrid to win. but like you know just right. speaking as like in terms of you know performance wise even from barcelona and from us it could go to a draw it could go to a draw so yeah all right so uh i guess that's all the time we have for this podcast uh i've got probably an hour left now to edit it and upload it so hopefully you guys can listen to this before midnight or whatever time you watching the el clasico at Uh, I hope you've had fun throughout this entire half hour of discussion, and I hope you've taken away something, uh, taken something away from it. And uh, I guess I'll catch you soon. So don't forget to leave a like. You can rate us. You can also follow us on several different podcast platforms, uh, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
And uh, yeah, let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast too. We'd love to have you on and hear your thoughts as well. Uh, so thanks, Junaid, once again, for being a part of this podcast, as always. Thanks for having me, Paddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's lovely yeah, to be we'll here. Definitely, to be here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely catch up soon. Paul. You know, let's get the Champions League group to see how that pans out. But uh, definitely, I mean, not group, but the knockout game. So yeah, after the second uh, leg, yeah. So yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So I guess that's it for episode twenty-eight. I'm your host, Praddy, and see you.